Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we are going to talk about the top 10 most asked real estate questions. Excellent. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everybody, how you doing? Hope you are having a great week and thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah, I thought we'd have uh, kind of an interesting one today. We Googled the top 10 real estate questions out there and thought that that we would answer them. Mm -hmm. I think we did this once before. Yeah, but it's a great topic. It's a good topic. Because if they're the top 10 questions, I mean, a lot of you have these questions. That's right. And they're top 10 questions (laughs) as of like last week. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, uh, all right, let's get over them. We'll try to make it relatively short and sweet. Uh, First one is how should I prepare my house before selling it? And I'm going to change house to home because that could be your condo too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. We believe firmly in uh, the evidence that suggests that a well-prepared home sells faster and for more more money. I mean, I think the basic foundation is decluttered, depersonalized, and clean. Um, And I think if you dig a little bit deeper, what we mean is you have to um, prepare your home so it shows function, it shows um, space, and it shows the buyer that it could be their home, that it's not your home anymore. Yeah. So those, and so in our uh, practice, that often, most usually, uh, means things like you know professional cleaning, including windows. It means painting appliances. if necessary, appliances. It means you know any remedial work, any like you know little, relative considered minor, I guess, repairs. I mean, that's not negotiable. And um, staging, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, and uh, so, that, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree with all that. I think there was some statistic floating around that staging adds 6% to the value, but I bet you it's more like 15%. Yeah, yeah I had this, uh, this lengthy discussion about this with someone, a uh, potential seller recently, who just did not accept that. Yeah. Yeah. and It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we talked uh, in other podcasts about, you know, that this is a visual industry and the impact um, that having tenants has or being vacant has on a buyer's perception of a space. And that's so clearly obvious to everyone. Yes. How then, if you accept that, how can you not believe that to stage it doesn't, isn't to your benefit on the other extreme? Exactly. It it just so is. (laughs) Yeah. And also um, ensuring that you're working with an agent that, um, you know, really spends a lot of focus and money on really good photography and videos. Yeah. And I, you know, because it it's is all part a, of the it's a visual, package. it's a visual yeah. business. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm more and more liking, you know, photography that is kind of evocative or emotional rather than these are the appliances. Right. Like it more conveys photography that conveys 
the feeling of living there. Mm -hmm. So that's part of home preparation. Mm -hmm. It's how you market the property. It's got to look clean and functional and spacious and cared for. Yep, it's got to shine. If you take the um, time to do these things to prepare your home for sale, the buyer's psychology is that if they care about that, they've cared about the home. Yeah. And if you, as opposed to going into a property and, you know, you may not have updated the appliances or painted, you know, that purple bedroom, you know, it can't help but make the buyer think, oh, what else haven't they done? Yeah. And the key to this whole thing is listen to your real estate professional. I know you think that, you know, the flower wallpaper and couches look great, but listen to them and their advice. This is what we do for a living. This is what our stagers do for a living. We know what makes the most money and and, uh, your taste and my taste are irrelevant. Yeah. It's what sells yeah right. and it's not a personal yeah, taste yeah because once you've made the decision to sell it's, you not, kinda, your home. it's not your home anymore yeah. you have to think that way because design for living mm-hmm. is, is not the same thing as design for selling yeah and you have to i think sellers have a hard time sometimes getting over that mm-hmm. hurdle you know and and this gentleman that had this like lengthy conversation with is like you know it's all square footage doesn't matter what it looks like well, right it's not true mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, okay, n- number two question, should I order a home inspection? So, you know, in all these questions, Janelle and I haven't talked about them earlier, so we may disagree, but in my opinion, 100% yes. My opinion, 100% yes. Yeah. Um, hello, agents of Durham Region. Um, please do pre-list inspections. Please do inspections. Every single house, that should be a law. Every single house that goes on the market should have a home inspection. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for the buyer to review. Yeah, I have a, a friend who's a real estate agent uh, with a team north of the city, and they don't do it. Yeah, and um, don't get it. I don't get it, and um, I think it might be grounds uh, on which she's going to leave that team. Yeah, she's lost a few listings because well, of it. I don't but, blame her. And I don't get it. I guess it's because I hear that. You know, homes in Durham aren't 100 years old, as they might be in the core of the city, so they're newer, so... Uh, or, you know, that how much do they need to do, to do that? Or I've heard that their, their experience isn't um, as lengthy as ours in terms of setting offer dates and, and trying to drive firm offers. I don't get it. If you were expecting somebody to pay over a million dollars for your property, the least you can do is provide a $600 home inspection. <laughs> I just don't understand... Yeah. Why it serves so many advantages. It's so many advantages. I, and unless you're trying to hide something, then yeah. don't do one. But if you're not trying to hide something, you know, have one done. You know, at a minimum, it. I mean, it's all about disclosure and information. So at a minimum, it lets you as a seller know what's going on in mm-hmm. your house. And it gives you the option to, you know, repair anything that needs repairing. Um, but it also then, because you're aware of everything, gives you the authority and the strength to counter objections. Exactly. You know, if come, someone comes in and says, you know, our offer is low because the furnace is 15 years old or something, we said, yeah, we know that. Mm-hmm. You knew that. It's in the home inspection. That's right. That's why we priced it that way. Exactly. You can't say that if you didn't, no. like, no. I mean, yeah. furnace isn't a good example there because you should know that. Sure. But... Um, you know, and then so I think, and then the, so those are two advantages: um, knowing and being able to respond and repair, and uh, negotiating objections, but also facilitating firm offers. Yeah, and that's for sure. what you want. Absolutely, you don't want to. You know, sometimes when you've done a pre-listing home inspection, the buyer 
wants to do their own. So you do see sometimes a condition on home inspection. But I'd also like to point out from a liability standpoint, it's the smartest thing that you can do. Right. I just think it's smart mm-hmm. for you to, here's here's everything I know about the property for yeah. you. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not, you know, I'm disclosing everything I know. Yeah. And it's all for you before you spend your life savings on my house. Yeah. It's and the I least think I can as do. we're moving into the option in the next year, I think, or so, where um, sellers will have the um, option of, of open bidding, so not blind bidding. So I think that though in that situation, you have to have it. You yeah, have, I think, I think it will be enforced it. in that case. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, okay, next question, and, and this is a good one. I, I It seems like a stupid question, but it's a good question. How long will it take to sell my home? So the the obvious answer is it depends. Yeah. depends on pricing, and it depends on... Mar- the market conditions and it depends on you know how you have it staged and blah 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 but I think what I want to point out here there's no point talking about the obvious but what's important to note is that we have become used to thinking that everything sells in a week mm-hmm. when in reality the average days on market in the GTA is still like 45 mm-hmm. and I think that's really important I I, I hear people all the time, like, if it doesn't sell right away and this sense of panic and, if you know, if it doesn't go in three days and, you know, well, John's house down the street sold in two days and mine's not selling. Remember, the average is like a month and a half. That is average. And that's still really, really low. So, you know, places in some areas in Canada, it's they, <laughs> they have a six-month days on market average so we are doing very well here with only 45 days so just remember that Mm -hmm. and and don't get hung up on you know this this crazy process like give yourself the time and the space Mm -hmm. to accept that it could take you know a couple of months yeah that would be average yeah and um listen to the information your real estate agent provides for you and work with a real estate agent who knows your market and can speak to that yeah uh, fourth one, this is what everybody wants to know. How do I know what the selling price is going to be? Well, you know, to some degree, you don't know exactly. But for the most part, this is our job is to help you by showing you all the comps. We and should be able sure to give you a fairly reliable close. range. Yeah. yeah, we should get pretty close. Yeah, um, You know, barring any weirdness in the market. But, uh, you know, you should have a good sense of what every house should sell for. And basically... It all comes down to stats and data. Yeah. It's not what you feel. It's not what you think. And it's certainly, certainly not what you need. Yeah, I hear that all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you need that. I need a lot too. But uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know. I'm not living in that world. Yeah. Um, it is based on statistics and data and uh, a lot of history, but also kind of current market conditions and those change. Yeah. And the... Um the real estate agents that are going to be bringing you the, you know, the buyer for your house, they have access to all that information. That's so, right. I mean, it's pretty a well, in, pretty much a well-informed and educated. Uh, at least the resources are there to know that. So, you know, you can't. There's no like bluffing or yeah or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 numbers. It's numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay, another one we love to talk about. What is commission fee? Ugh. So. We can only talk averages. Average commission is 5%. The commission is paid by the seller. The seller pays for both the, the uh, buyer's agent and the seller's agent. The, the buyers do not pay anything yeah. to, for commission, so the seller pays it all. And the average fee is 5%. And that's the fee 
for both sides of the Split transaction. And a half. That's the total. Yeah. yeah, two and a half and two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are exceptions to every rule. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it depends on what services you're getting or not getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the average that in this province today, as we sit here in 2022, that's what the average is. Mm-hmm. But note that every agent and client has the right and authority to determine that themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. But nonetheless. Yeah, that's, an, that's, that's what we typically average. see. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, next question is, uh, for a buyer, what are the first steps in buying? Um, and really, the number one step is getting a pre-approval. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. There's no point in driving around and looking at places if you don't know what you can buy and what you can afford. Yeah, there is no point in, in, getting in going started. down that road. Yeah. If it's only going to lead to disappointment and waste yeah. of time and resources. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. I've gotten caught in that trap a few times. Yeah. Taking people around, oh, yeah. only to find out they didn't couldn't have didn't have the money they thought they had. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh yeah, then no, why I'm did good. we do that for months? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I've got enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's one that 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 I love. Uh, should I buy or sell first? Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's that's probably the number one question is, I get. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say my own personal perspective is sell first always. Yeah, and I know that unless you have a really specific criteria for what you want to buy, I, you know, and we've talked about this a hundred times, but the worst case scenario in selling first is that you don't find the house that you want within that time period, and you have to put yourself in storage and and go to an Airbnb. Right, it sucks. Right, the worst case scenario in buying first is that you don't sell in time right. and you now own two houses. Yeah. If you cannot afford to own two houses, you should not be buying first. Right. That's right. my opinion. I agree. Um, I, most people don't agree with me because they think it's going to be so hard to find something to buy. But if you, and hear me people, if you buy first, you have zero control over any of this process. You don't have control over the closing date on the purchase. You don't have control over the of the price you're going to pay because you're probably going to be in competition. You don't have control over anything. If you sell first, you now have control over your closing date and how long you you give yourself to sell. If you sell and give yourself a 120-day closing, you've got four months to buy something. If you buy first and the seller of that property wants 30 days, you have to give them 30 days. If you are selling first, you can control all kinds of things. You know exactly now how much money you have to spend. Yeah, I mean, that alone would allow me to sleep at night. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think for me, it's a no-brainer. Give yourself a lot of time to close uh, on your property so that you can find something, and you'll find something. Um, and you'll be rushed, maybe, but even if you aren't lucky enough to find the house of your dreams within that period, at least you're not going to own two properties. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. For a, here's an interesting one. Should I do a walkthrough? Should I do a buyer visit? Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> why not? But I guess I'm, I've yeah. never been asked that question. I haven't either, but this is the list. I, I put it in all my buyer's offers, sometimes even without, you know, specifically talking about it with the buyers, because you can always choose not to do I it. Always, I always do yeah. it. Yeah. And I always save one visit for kind of immediately before closing. Yeah. Me too. I don't know. 
you know, I don't necessarily turn on the washing machine. I know. Yeah. But you just want to make sure that at the final stage, it's how yeah. you saw it when you bought it. Have you ever been with people? <laughs> just sorry, just I have this. I hate buyer visits. Oh my god, I know you do. I hate them. But I have these people who treat every showing like a buyer visit. So they're oh. turning on the oh. washing machine. They're running the shower. Oh. They are uh, even though it's a home inspection, which they've looked at. They are uh, turning on the oven. And waiting till it heats up. They're turning on the microwave. They've turned on washing machines. Oh, I haven't really had this. No. Oh, oh, they they've test they <laughs> they have lied on beds oh. and te- and tested the view, of which oh. I'm like, are you toddlers? <laughs> like you can't lie on someone's bed. Anyway, it is it is it. Is, needless mm-hmm. to say, they have not purchased anything yet, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine if they ever will at that point. Uh, okay, so <laughs> here's one: How many houses should I view before purchasing? Well, I don't get asked that, but I do have had many situations where buyers love the first or maybe second how, place we see, yeah. but feel that it's too early in their search to to decide. Yeah, they can't make they can't buy the first thing they saw. That's right. And you know, I find that argument silly. Yeah, I mean, if you love it, you love it. That's what, right. So we're gonna. You want me to be less successful for you? Yeah. This just proves I did a good job, and exactly. I found you exactly what you want. You want to see sixty more? Yeah, that's right. Before, <laughs> so you're like betting on my lack of success? Yeah. Um, so I, the answer to that is, if you have a great communication with your agent and relationship, they should have a, a clear understanding of um, what you're looking for, and you know. If that happens, it shouldn't yeah, take if, too many. But And if it does, maybe, you know. Maybe you're not ready. Yeah. yeah. Rehash your relationship yeah. and what you're doing. But, you know, there's no good answer to that. But don't be opposed to, you know, your agent doing a great job and really yeah. honing in on what what would be perfect for you quickly. Right. That's right. a job. Exactly. And, and on that note, don't go see stuff you know you're not going to buy. Yeah. Right? If you don't want a fixer-upper, don't drag the agent out to a fixer-upper. Yeah. If you need three bedrooms, don't take them to to a two bedroom. Yeah, just yeah. in case. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the only thing on that that I would say is that often don't you find that um, we may list listen to the list of you know must haves and would like to haves from our buyer clients, and then as we get to know them a bit, we kind of know more what they would like, what would work for them than they do sometimes, and sometimes. so sometimes yeah. it's that two bedroom. It might only have two bedrooms, but it has. Yeah, a garage, right? Like, and and they don't really haven't thought about that. So sometimes, sometimes, I, but it's yeah. directed by me, not them, right? Yeah. Oh, but I've had I've I've got at the moment, and I've had people who are like, we don't want this, but we might as well go see it anyway. See, that, that's just stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. And you're not going to buy it anyway because you haven't bought the last fifteen that you saw. <laughs> Excuse me. It's like going to see houses listed at one point five <laughs> when your budget is nine ninety nine. I know. Why are we God. doing this? Oh boy. Like, why are we? Yeah, doing we're not. Look online. And we're not doing it. Have a drink, but <laughs> yeah, don't go see them. Exactly. Yeah, it's enjoy it from afar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another one. What happens if I decide to back out oof, of my oof, deal? Oof, oof. You've had a few examples of this. I have. I well, I, have. I don't. Not really. No. Have I? I don't. I thought so, but I mean, I. Yeah, you can't back it out. It happens. Well. No. Okay, so there's it's a con- it's a binding contract. Yeah. Once you have a firm agreement. Right. So I'll tell you what I've had twice in in the past couple of years is that offers have come in on properties I've accepted the top offer or I've accepted an offer and they have not come through with the deposit check right that's a bit different so Mm -hmm. that's the first kind of backing out so that's happened to me twice you can't you can do that but I mean just 
don't be an ass. Like, what, don't what do that. What happens when you when so, someone does that? Uh, well, first of all, the agent ghosts you. And you, you can't find them anywhere. And then when they do decide that they've resurfaced, uh, it's always they're full of apologies and their client has changed their mind and backed right. out. So you should know that when you make an offer on a place, you have a responsibility to deliver to the listing brokerage a deposit as determined in the and specified in the agreement. Within and you 24 have 24 hours, hours to do yeah. that. And if you don't, you're breaking the contract. Right, you're breaking the contract. Mm. So could we go and sue them? I don't even know. It never goes that far. Uh, but that's the first stage of backing out. Where you can't, so you can do it. It's just not right. This, morally or ethically. The no. second way you can back out um, is if you are, and this is not a back out, but during the conditional period of an offer, if you've made the offer conditional for five days on something, financing, status review, home inspection, you've already given the deposit because you have to within 24 hours, you then go and do the home inspection or you talk to the bank for whatever reason, those things don't materialize and you decide not to fulfill the condition, technically you're backing out of the deal. We call that, you know, the deal's falling apart. And you are allowed to do that if you have reason to do so, right? It can't just be willy-nilly. You've got to have reason to do so. And, you know, there is something the inspection or the financing legitimately did not come through, not because you changed your mind or got cold feet. And you will get your deposit back in full. That's true, except that it, uh, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it is based on the buyer's sole discretion. So it, you don't have to prove what you don't know what, what happened. But it has been taken to ta- yeah. task in the past and, and buyers have lost. Yeah. So, you know, there does have to be a legitimate reason for it or there should be. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're running the risk of, of right. losing. So for sellers, money. the point there to note is that when you, um, you know, accept an offer that has conditions, you actually haven't sold your house. That's right. It's, it's only when there are no conditions or those conditions have been waived or fulfilled that you have a firm offer and a firm sale. Right. But, I know, always say you can get the champagne out, but don't drink it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And in that period, while there are conditions, you don't want to talk to people about what, you know, the sale price was. You don't want to. You yeah. want to still allow visits, I think, in most cases. I think in most Unless you're because, really sure it's going to firm yeah, up. And, because it's still for sale and yeah. there's a possibility. I don't. I think our rate of... Um, um, Deals falling through once conditional. I think it's quite low. It is. Yeah. So yeah, a that has not happened to me very often. No, no me either. Yeah. Um, sometimes, based on what they find, for example, maybe in a status or in a home inspection, um, they'll ask for we, nego- we didn't to negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. But very rare. I mean, if they wanted the house, they wanted the house. Very rare that yeah. they drop out. Yeah. Um, and then, the, you know, when it's firm, people can think they can back out. Yeah, so now let's say your conditions are waived or you've made a firm offer and they want to back out. Um, you cannot back out, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. You have now an obligation, legal obligation, to close the house and, and give the money on that day. If you do not do so, you'll get sued, period. Mm-hmm. You'll lose your deposit and you'll get sued. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You can't do it. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Um, Okay, so one, I think one more question. What are the costs of closing a house as a buyer and a seller? Oh, yeah, that's a a good question. And that is one of the topics that you should be discussing with your real estate agent so you're fully informed. So Mm. as a seller, um, I think you have less costs, closing costs. Because you don't, so as a buyer... Uh, you have, you know, land, land transfer, transfer tax. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you buy, you have 
one or two land transfer taxes. Mm -hmm. As a seller, you don't have that. No, but you have commission. Right. That's true. And they work out about, about the same. Yeah, I guess so. So seller has commission and legal fees. Yeah. Buyer has land transfer and legal fees. Yeah. Um, and that that's basically it. Those are your... The, yeah, those are the biggies. I those mean, are the biggies. Disbursements for... Disbursements. But, yeah. yeah. And then the, then you have expenses that all parties would have, like moving and mm-hmm. setting up your new services and stuff. But related to selling, yeah, those are... Those are the key ones. Yeah. Legal fees should run you somewhere between 600 to 800 I would say, for, yeah. per, per side. I often get asked that. Yeah. That's usually what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so per side, that's what it costs. If you're doing them together, you usually get a bit of a deal. Yeah. Um, commission, as we mentioned before, is generally about 5% plus HST. You pay HST in commission. Um, and that gets paid on closing. Um, and then land transfer tax, there's a bit of a scale that you have to look at. So um, there's a million and one calculators out there. Um, but that also gets paid on closing. So it does not come out of whatever money you have, that you already have. It comes out of, uh, you have to come, show up with a check, right? Um, so let's just say, for example, I was just looking at this calendar, if you paid... A uh, million dollars on a house, and uh, in the GTA, then the provincial sales tax or land transfer tax would be sixteen thousand four hundred and seventy-five, and then also you pay um, an additional sixteen thousand four hundred and seventy-five if it's in the city of Toronto. Right. So a um, million-dollar home, you're looking at thirty, you know, thirty-three thousand dollars basically for land transfer tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that is what it is. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about that. A lot of other regions are talking about implementing their own municipal land transfer tax. So I have a feeling it won't be long before we see that everywhere. Yeah. Wasn't it originally supposed to be temporary? Oh, sure. of course. Aren't <laughs> they all? Yeah. Can you imagine them mm-hmm. removing it? I, no. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. All the promises, though. The ne- let's, let's vote for the next mayor. I fell for this before, who promise, promises us that they're going to uh, eliminate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah. So those were the top 10 questions. That's good because I'm about to sneeze. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> in that case, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everyone. I uh, hope that's been helpful. Reach out and ask us any questions anytime. And uh, of course, we're always here to help. Make sure you follow us on all of our social channels as well at the Janelle Cameron team. And in the meantime, happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.